for some travellers, they get caught up in the hurly-burly of a, a vibrant, throbbing culture and get swept up into experiences that, that might not be acceptable at home. They can find themselves a little... giddy. Giddy? Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll It's time to neighbours CJK Let's get the neighbours Hello, this is Neighbours, the Neighbours recap podcast We recap the last five episodes of the Aussie soap Neighbours that went to air I'm Vaya Pashos, and today I have returning beloved guests to the Mobile Pirate Net Studios. I have Dan and Andy from the Pop Chops podcast. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having us back. Uh, and that's Dan. And Hi. this is Andy. Yes. You guys have caused quite a bit of crossover between the Pop Chops audience and the Neighbours audience. We have. Well, okay. Be- because there's so many, well, there's so much. Music and Neighbours. <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> yes. In fact, there was a whole thread this week on Twitter. There's this song that people always talk about called I've Never Been to Cuba, which is this production music like stock music that they always play right. in the bar. or It's like this, you know, Calypso kind of style. Anyway, people were That wasn't to- the one they were playing above the uh, incident with the new Indian family because <laughs> that was really <laughs> obvious in this week's episodes that they're playing Indian music above the new Indian family. Yeah, just to, just to really hit it home. Yeah. It reminded me a bit of, what was that Kelly Rowland song with a bit of an Indian flavour? Uh, was that Work? Yes. Yes. Okay, yeah, the Muddy. A fave. <laughs> Yeah, so music and neighbours go hand in hand. So I think a lot of the people that are pop music fans. Totally. Yeah, and actually, I'm wearing Delta by Delta Goodrum Fragrance. Yeah, so. okay. I thought I could smell Delta in the room. <laughs> Is that the one that Tina Arena said smelt like fly spray? <laughs> She she came for those fragrances. Tina, what? Tina Arena. Jeez. Oh, Why is in what forum did Tina express this? Well, she just released her own fragrance, and she said all these other stars are releasing just fly spray, but mine's an actual real oh. fragrance. Did she name check Delta? She didn't name check. No, okay. but, like, I will Delta's say. Just but it was out. the day after Delta's came out. <laughs> yeah, and. Well, is Tina's available at Chemist Warehouse? <laughs> it actually is, I believe. Well, then she can come right down. She cited there was like some kind of oil that they'd sourced from like, you know, Bendigo or something. So it was legit. Not, not from France where she is famous. <laughs> and Vera, I just wanted to say as well that um, thank you for having us on because I feel like we have, we, we've stolen some of your audience, which has worked really well for us. <laughs> that's what um, I don't mean. don't know about you, yeah. but. That's what I mean. We've fostered a community. Exactly. A crossover community. Right. And your music is a pop music podcast. Yes. Pop Chops. Definitely. Search Available it. on iTunes. Yeah, search it up. I learnt the term search it up from Yashvi a couple of weeks ago. They'll pick, the, the teenagers were all saying search up. Oh my God. Neighbours teaches me so much. I learned about breadcrumbing <laughs> this week. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not cool enough for Neighbours sometimes. No. It- breadcrumbing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I thought you meant actually like deep frying or something. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's hard to tell if they've delved into Urban Dictionary or if they've just invented <laughs> yes. these terms. <laughs> So, a couple of items of Neighbours Council business. A few people have been shopping on our Book Depository affiliate link. We've had Someone's Purchased Lonely Planet Guide to Rome and the Time Out Guide to Rome. Oh, who's going to Rome? So, that's great. Rome wasn't my fave, I've got to say. Try Florence. <laughs> like, take a train, go to Florence. That's yeah. what I got. It's my hot tip. No, Rome was actually my least favourite in Europe, actually. Really? Why yeah. is that? 
It was dirty. Same. I got bored in Rome. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was like the big city where all the buzz is. No? Well, it wasn't built in a day. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see it in a day. Yes, you can. I walked it. I'm like, cool. See him, check that fountain, check steps. <laughs> that fountain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that fountain. Um, but... I'm sure you'll have a great time. <laughs> Sorry to shit all over your holiday. No buzz listener. But, you know, the time maybe the time out and Lonely Planet guides are filled with information that I could have benefited from. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've also had uh, someone purchase Standing Next to History by Joseph Petro, which is an agent's life inside the Secret Service. And that mm. person bought three other books all about the Secret Service. Oh, hello. Oh, okay. I'm just, and I'm noticing a bit of a trend because a few people bought some JFK books a couple of weeks back. And oh. I don't know. So I think someone's plotting something. <laughs> <laughs> One of the neighbours' listeners. Yeah. So we, we could make history. <laughs> yeah, right. No, you've got, this is, this is going to be summoned as uh, <laughs> yeah, court evidence. evidence. <laughs> court. <laughs> uh, okay. So thank you for that. That just means like a, a tiny percentage of that goes towards. Sustaining the Pirate Net Studios, for example, today it went towards service station coffee. Um, <laughs> so oh, how much we, was that? Like sixteen cents or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> we should actually mention because the the mobile Pirate Net Studios go on the road to a different area of Erinsborough every time we do an episode. And where do you think after you you've seen a taste of Erinsborough today? Where do you think we've set up today? Um, Maybe we're on Paul's penthouse balcony. I was going to say, does he live at Lassiter's? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, we're in my house, yeah. full disclosure, <laughs> which uh, feels like a hotel sometimes, I guess. Dan, it's very it's very well appointed. It's, Thank you. Yeah. Is there a bar like Paul's? <laughs> it's just, we, you can't see the kitchen, but the bar is like front and centre. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that piece of furniture, actually. Oh. I was just saying we needed to move it. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dan and Andy, you've binged watched Neighbours. Yes. Um, and actually, Dan... I was late in catching up on the episodes, but Dan said, oh, they're good episodes this week. So, you, you were excited, Dan, by the... Did well, I say that? I think that was me. I thought it was Andy. That was me, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> I concur, for the record. I did like that. And there was, was a lot going on this week. I was just telling you guys, now, we, we should say your names because people will mix you up and I've already mixed you up just <laughs> <laughs> on Messenger. So, okay. So, Andy, like what spoke to you? Um, I think it was the first two episodes. There was just it was just intense. Yeah. The whole um, cancer storyline. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Paul. Oh, Nick. Is it Paul? Paul Robinson. Paul Robinson. I've got it all written down. <laughs> or is it? The, is it the guy that was in jail? Yes, Do- that's right. Well, it's Doctor Nick, but we Doctor call, Nick. I call him Doctor right. Dick. Yeah, did that actually happen on the show? It would have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And wow. and I took a hiatus from Neighbours right before he got sprung. As How the, could you? As the fake cancer doctor. I had a holiday booked and then I just took mm. a huge break. So, I never got to deal with the resolution of Dr. Dick's comeuppance. So, he <laughs> gave Paul fake cancer a while back and was like <sighs> injecting fake drugs into his system to give him fake chemo symptoms. My God. It's a really intense oh, storyline. Okay. So, he actually had neighbors. the symptoms. Yeah. Wow. So, I think, I think even his hair was thinning or... Whoa. That um, is some level of fucked up. And so, how long has he been in jail for? Two years. And we have had quite a significant amount of correspondence on this. Well, we got a couple of voice memos to neighbourspod at gmail.com, which I'll get to shortly. But Dr. Dick's eligible for parole and Paul is pissed. And he is also a complete psychopath. Oh. Now, is that who you want treating Therese, is it? Mm-hmm. I mean, do you even care about her at all? If you want to get angry with anyone, get angry with me because I'm willing to do whatever it takes to save the woman I love. Then we'll find a new doctor, but just not him. Well, he's going to get out sooner or later. At least if he gets out now, he might be doing some good. No, no, because he's not built that way. He will hurt her. 
I th- I actually admired his acting in that moment. Mm. Yes, boy, he was pissed, wasn't he? Yeah, but I mean, I be. I mean, I'm, I'm I totally old. understood. Yeah, me yeah. too. I kind of understood, but I'm like, dude, check your privilege. Teray just got real cancer. Like, at least yours was fake. <laughs> True, but but there is something going on. I think Nick's up to something for sure. Really? Oh, okay. yeah. So I don't understand why he's the most knowledgeable brain in cancer research in the world. Like, why is the <laughs> only person that can cure cancer in jail? <laughs> well, I mean, he, he may have been two years ago. He hasn't been able to Google it. <laughs> True. No. He doesn't know. He's really up to speed. <laughs> There's been medical advances in the last two years, I'm sure. And no one's told him. They're like, okay, <laughs> whatever you reckon. Okay, this. It's like, br- cancer's cured now, buddy. Like, <laughs> we don't need you. Like, actually, this brings us to the first of our voice memos from Sarah C.P. Jones on Twitter, who raises concerns. She's worked administering chemo in to patients. Okay. So, anyway, she's got some opinions. Here she is. Hi, neighbours. It's Sarah, and I am fucking furious. Basically, there is no way in hell that Dr. Ex-Criminal struck off the register Nick is getting anywhere near trials data. Like, you have to keep that shit in a special designated locked room with extra protection. It can't just be left lying around in a folder. The idea that they would give it to some fucking criminal who literally tried to kill someone with chemo is just unthinkable, and I'm furious. Secondly, oh, the brand new ground-breaking immunotherapy... I've been making immunotherapy for six years. It is, it is a thing that like people. There are loads of trials with using new kinds, new drugs that people have come up with for different kinds of cancers and treatments and re- regimens. But he didn't invent this in prison. And how the fuck is he supposed to know more about the latest chemo tre- treatments than doctors and specialists in the field who've been going to conferences, going to work, reading journals? They've been online. He's been in prison in West Waratah. I'm so angry. Yeah, so I don't understand how Erinsborough Hospital, I mean, I do understand because it's Erinsborough Hospital, low standards. <laughs> they want this guy out of the slammer and into their research labs stat. So they're putting in a good word to fast track his parole. And it happened really quickly as well. Yeah. I mean, next minute he's just walking down the street <laughs> in, in a, a hotel. In a really nice shirt. Like oh. Shirt and slacks. That shirt was disgusting, Bayer. That pink. Oh, but I'd just seen him last week in his green Erinsborough prison tracksuit. Everything's better than that. So I was happy to see him in a button-up, button-down shirt. So he's... Out and we'll get we'll come back to that shortly. Okay. Paul's not happy about it, but to rage and Gaz can just want him to come out and perform some cancer miracles. Like mm-hmm. it's almost like they think he's a spiritual healer, You're right? Because they think I don't know. They just think he's going to perform some kind of miracle. Especially Gary. I mean, he's he worships the ground that Nick walks on. And Gary gave to rage that lovely green juice. <laughs> Is that not going to cure the cancer <laughs> alone? Or well, it should. It should because. Yeah, there's a lot of ingredients in those things. And they're expensive. True. Gas well, they are. Can. For like seven ninety five, yeah. that should be curing something. <laughs> okay, we'll come back to that. Because the next thing, as you guys mentioned, it's Raki, an Indian tradition. It's a ritual where uh, siblings exchange bracelets. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think from what I was reading, it happens, it's traditional of the northern Hindu culture. So I don't know if if that's where the Sharmas originated, if that's where their background comes from, or if they just jumped on the bandwagon going, yay, jewellery, let's do it. But <laughs> Mishti is very sad because her sister and her sister's kids are all kind of fighting and no one's talking and no one wants to celebrate this tradition. And so she decides to solve this problem, being an ex-cop, 
by bringing oh. in a few sets of handcuffs. Ah, so there were real handcuffs. Not just from the party store kind of thing. Well, that question wasn't answered because Yashvi said, are these real? And Mishdi didn't really say anything. So I liked that uh, it was brought up that Mark had handcuffed his brothers, the <gasps> Brennan brothers, when they had a fight. I don't. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, Dan. they must have been in a conversation later. He must have been talking to someone about it. Or is that how she got the idea to do it? Was that how she got the idea? I yes, it was. I think so. Yeah, you're yeah. right. But um, that's a scene I want to see the Brennan brothers locked up together. <laughs> yeah, that should be... It's kinky. They should be having flashbacks to that often. Yeah, often. <laughs> I actually thought it was quite adorable that family all handcuffed together on the lawn. I actually like the storyline. Like, at first I was like, clearly comic relief from like the intense storylines that are going on in the background. Yes, yes. But I enjoyed it. I it figured cute. we missed a lot of backstory because I wasn't... I obviously wasn't sure why they were all fighting, what the... Like, it's, it's quite simple. So, Yashvi is a bit of a tearaway teenager and she keeps confiding in her auntie. Like, I like a guy, even though we think Yashvi needs to come out soon because we just oh, we just think okay. she's better suited. Of the closet? Yeah. Oh. I just think she's better suited out of a closet. Which oh. is not going to happen, though, is it? Well, there's, you never know. Ben, is it Ben? Yeah. Are they together? Likes her. No, there's some flirting going on there. Yeah. Well, Ben's flirting with everyone. Yeah, he... Including his grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He can turn it like they put him with whoever. Like he was just oh yeah. Uh, last week he was flirting with um like Toadie's foster daughter and <laughs> whoever's walking around. He's like, yep, I'm in. Is uh, he legal? Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank God. So we can we can make inappropriate sexual comments about him. Fantastic. Because <laughs> he's gorgeous. Uh, and I've actually really admired. I thought he stepped up the the performances this week. He's done some great kind of comedic I reactions. Liked it. Yeah, in the school, he was yeah. really bringing it yeah. with Ellie. Yeah. Yes. we'll get to that mm. tease. So Yashvi keeps confiding in her auntie instead of her mum, and Kirsch has had anxiety, which is adorable. Like she's twelve and she's struggling with anxiety, and they're all having a few spats. And Shane Rebecca's just you know an idiot. But they, I thought they resolved it all too quickly. It happened it's really, like really quickly. Everyone had one line of dialogue. And then it was resolved. Right, yeah. <laughs> I think they just wanted to get out of the handcuffs, honestly. <laughs> they were like, okay, cool. We're cool now. <laughs> there was a really intense scene as well where there was like full kind of, there was like a 360 shot around mm. Rashki. Is that her name? No, that's the practice. Yeah, uh, the, the mother? Uh, no, the daughter, when she was looking around, deciding, this is my moment, I'm going to handcuff everyone. Oh, Mishti, the, um, Mishti. The, the sister. The, the sister. Their auntie. Their auntie. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> The where yeah, there was like a full three sixty yeah. shot, and it was all like neighbors are getting experimental with some of these uh, hands. It, it always happens when former cast members direct; they they go, oh, "All right, this is wow. my moment to be an auteur." So Scott Major, who was Lucas, I think he directed Mondays. Okay, so he always does a bit of that gear. And Kate Kendall just started directing, and she's done a few artsy shots too. Which character was she? Loz. Olympia Valance's mom. Oh my god, yeah, she's gone. Okay. Yeah, sad. But she's directing, so she'll pop up. That was okay. a solid episode as well, so mm. well done, Scott Major. I, I'm, now I'm trying to think about the characters that we didn't see from the last time we did oh, this yeah, podcast. What was happening when you guys were last on? Well, it was in the middle of Steph. Steph was with Dalcop. Oh, God. Oh, and they were right, trying, yeah. for trying for a baby. baby. And it was Sonia and Toadie were still together. It was before D, and there was like that four person. Thruple couple, yeah, yeah. That they were had, that they had, which was just strange. And wasn't there on the periphery there was a lesbian couple and one was a cop? Yes, 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 yes. yes. I didn't see yeah. that. Yeah, she's the cops kind of been written out, which I'm really sad about because mm. I really loved her. Mm. But yeah, and Steph had a bit of a tryst with the cops' um, misses. So Steph and Victoria had this little thing, and then 
it blew up kind of the, the thruple for quadruple. Yes. And then they kind of got those two back together and now they're off screen somewhere oh. hanging out, which is sad because I want to see them. Yeah. Now, speaking of Steph, she's had some psychological issues and I do enjoy that they always make the time to show Steph tr- getting treatment for those issues. Yeah, I liked that. Mm-hmm. I loved that she's recapping her issues. She's telling Dr. Naka about when she um, had this breakdown and then stole a kid. And she kept referring to it like, I stole a child. Like, I went to the shops so, and shoplifted some chocolate. So, this happened on the show as well, yeah. the child stealing. Yeah. So, what happened? She, Was it a little less sinister than how she's describing it? <laughs> it's weird. Well, she went to jail for it, didn't she? Well, yeah, plus, yeah, she went to jail for running over Ringo and then she came out of jail. Ringo Starr. <laughs> A Sam Clark Ringo. Oh yes. Yes. And she came when she came out of jail, she was trying to get back on the straight and narrow and then had untreated mental health issues and was, I think, having some kind of psychiatric break and then was hallucinating that Gabe? Oh, no. no, this was another time. Lucas's baby, Patrick, mm-hmm. was her baby. And then she was yeah, having these hallucinations, and then Paul Robinson was started gaslighting her by planting baby sounds through a Bluetooth speaker. Oh, and stuff. oh my god, it was no. awful. And then she went to the mental hospital after that to get treatment, and she has had treatment, and it's all been great. But now she's like, "Yep, stole the baby, no big deal. It's fine. <laughs> it was my friend's baby. He's forgiven me. We're well, okay." <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a lot of just kind of brushing over that, and for a casual watcher, it was like, "Hold up, yeah, no, give us some info about this baby stealing." <laughs> but no, on the whole, I liked the way that they were dealing with Steph's mental health this week, mm. and she was re- always referring to treatment. She was referring to her meds, mm. and everyone around her was very, you know, not casual about it, but just understanding, and it wasn't this big stigma mm. or a big taboo. It was just someone has mental health problems, and that's how we. You and, know, live. and what I love is that this isn't just story of the week. Like no. she always talks about her medication and her appointments mm, right. and I really love that. Yes. Well done. Tick. Even the fact that she couldn't get in until Friday. It's like, well, welcome to Australia's mental health system. <laughs> yes. And even just like I have a GP that I like to see and yeah. she doesn't work every single day. So sometimes it's like, oh, I really want to talk to her about this thing, but I can't say, yeah, I can't see her until Friday. Yeah. So <laughs> totally yeah. respect. What do you think about her striking up a little romance with the former priest? Okay, so that was the surprise oh, of the week for me. Was. Okay. Yeah, that's hot priest. But he who's was, looking hotter than ever. He was so <laughs> lovely and so understanding about the whole thing. It's okay, this He's is a keeper. interesting perspective, Andy and Dan, both of you, that you would say that because we have some troubles accepting the priest into our lives, the former father, because he is irritating. So you guys find him attractive. That's good. Incredibly. Oh, he's not my most attractive character. No, no, definitely right? still Mark. Oh, Andy. Oh, Andy's into dull cop. Dull cop. Oh, actually, since the you, duller the better. Since you, <laughs> since you've been here, Andy, we've promoted him to dick cop. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fine. Dick cop. I'm cool with that. <laughs> I'm happy with Why? dick cop. <laughs> Why is that? Is he a dick? It, through the whole surrogacy plot, he was just being increasingly more and more heinous to everyone around him, mm. and yeah, so he we just made him a dick. Yeah. So, <laughs> Um, We'll just call him penis cop. (laughs) (laughs) The great thing is Steph's bisexual. So she can just, wherever they need a plot, a romantic (laughs) plot, in in she goes. (laughs) For me, I feel like Steph having sex with a man feels very unnatural. Well, I I just want her to be full-blown lesbian. (laughs) I mean, it would be great to have a lesbian, 
a full-time, full-time. lesbian mm-hmm. yes. or neighbours. I mean, not to say that bisexual people shouldn't be represented and but, great that they're doing that with Steph. But I also think Piper's hinted recently that she might be bisexual. <gasps> oh, okay. Piper's my favourite. Piper's my favourite too, yes. Piper's fun. She she got doxxed recently and a whole bunch of her information was hacked yes. and she confessed to her boyfriend that oh, I had recorded all these video diaries about, you know, crushes I'd had on guys Girls, you know, oh. blah, blah, blah. And it was just one sentence left there and that was it. Hanging, wow. So wow. it's not like they can't. We can sacrifice Steph's bisexuality for Steph being a lesbian and then we can bring in some new bisexuals. Yes, fantastic. Or pansexuals they might be. That's mm-hmm. the way it works in the real world, isn't it? We just replace one gay with another. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So um, just briefly, why isn't the hot priest a hot priest anymore? He wanted to spend more time with his baby, but he doesn't really do that. (laughs) (laughs) They're all just throwing around that baby like it's a hot potato. And so we call him Gigantor because he is. He's like supposed to be a... Tell me what that means. Well, he's supposed to be a three-month-old baby. Oh, I thought the baby. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> not hot not the priest. Okay. <laughs> the baby was meant to be born like yeah three months ago, and he looks like a medicine ball level of heavy kid. Yeah, they pass him around, and there doesn't seem to be any kind of custody arrangement. Is it a, no? It's just it I'll give the you same a break, baby. Or I think that's what happened. I think they found this kid that looks like Olympia Valance and right. went great, oh. plausible family casting. Here you got the job, kid, because it's not even twins; it's a baby. Oh wow! Okay. So, it's always him. Since birth, she birthed this child who's ready to walk. Huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, and, and it's the priest is the dad, right? Yes. They had a role, a literal role in the hay last year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so, why aren't the priest and Olympia together? That's interesting because she he took up the better part of her 2016 storylines. Yes. And she was obsessed with him. Right. Maybe in hindsight... It was a reaction to her losing her brother in the Lasseter's explosion that she sought comfort in in the nearest available stranger. But she kept pursuing him and he's like, nope, going to be a priest. Nope, staying a priest. Nope, staying a priest. And she's like, right, I'm done. I'm out. That's it. Fair. Get stuffed. Oh, P.S. I'm having a baby. (laughs) Um, So she kind of got sick of his shit, but it was weird. Like, mate, you talked of nothing else other than being with this guy. And now he's left the priesthood and you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> Maybe it's right. like a fetish type priest scenario. Ooh, ooh. Maybe she's not turned on anymore. So right, she's <laughs> got a thing for the high high priestess. Not illicit. Yeah. Yes. And so, who's Olympia with now? She's swinging single. Okay. Um, but she she's had some re-emerging feelings for her, uh, Dick Cop. Ah, okay. That, yes. They were together, mm-hmm. and then he broke up with her because he arrested her. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And so there's a love triangle as well because yeah. Ellie is into Dick Cop. Yeah. Right. She's into Dick Cop, but sort of trying to, you know, get her friend together with him. Exactly. Because yeah. I thought she was being very casual about Ellie and Dick Cop being together. I didn't pick up on that. that she yeah. Had a feeling. She had this moment. Ellie was talking about how she doesn't have many girlfriends, which alarm bells. People that say, I don't hang out with guys or I don't hang out with girls. Like, yeah. whatever. What's wrong with you? Just hang out with people. <laughs> yes. And. Paige had this moment of, oh, okay, she doesn't have any friends. I don't want to be the friend that screws her over by going for the guy she likes. Okay. Even though I was in a wedding dress walking down the aisle to him. Wow. Not two years ago. Oh. Well, let's move into Tuesday. Dick Cop's like, I'm going to look after Gigantor for you, Paige, so you can have (laughs) an hour off. My first note is WTF is the deal with this stolen baby. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> stole was a really weird choice of words. Kidnapping. Yes. <laughs> What's wrong with the word kidnapping? Kidnapping bad, feels really. worse to me. <laughs> well, okay. How else could she have phrased it? Um, I borrowed. <laughs> I borrowed a baby. <laughs> I took a baby without its parents' consent. <laughs> right. It's. I don't know. I just feel like they could have thrown a few more words on the whiteboard till they landed <laughs> yes. on. I stole a baby. Then the words I also didn't like was when Paige rang up father, former father and said, "You're off the hook. Mark's gonna look after Gigantor. Right. Off the hook. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Thanks for yeah. Nothing. Like, Nobody wants Gigantor, basically. Yeah, and it's he's not off the hook. He's a parent forever. <laughs> So, anyway, so then Ellie comes round to, just to be the third wheel with her cold-shouldered dresses and she gets to the point where she says to Mark, let's go out. And he's just, nope, nope, not interested. Um, See, for me with Dick Cop, I, I don't know whether he's just a typical male with a one-track mind. He can't focus on too many things at once, so he's not open to Ellie's advances because he's just thinking about you know, Steph, or he's thinking about the baby and he can't possibly compute more information than that. Or is he just not interested? But he was, like, the following episode. Suddenly he was like, I've always been into you. What are you talking about? He's really weird. But she did ask him point blank, let's go out, and he was sort of like, "Eh." Yeah, it's like, well, if you're interested, show some interest, babe. It's hard to come back from meh. Like, it's it's hard. Yes. Mm. (laughs) I don't blame Jodie at all. Although she did bounce straight back. She was like, oh, cool, okay, let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a, actually a musical sting for her, which we'll bust out later in the week. Um, so I think also Mark, he's into Paige particularly now that she's got a baby because he wanted a baby and then that didn't happen. So now he's just wherever there's a baby, he's there. He's okay. like, I'm ready, What do you, whatever you need. He just uh, wants to be a daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just leave that sitting there. <laughs> now, oh, so, okay, here is Dick Cop at work, right? He is judging Steph for not seeking treatment immediately. And she was like, I've got an appointment later in the week. Right. Fuck off, mate. Like, mm. let her sort it out. But he was just all, oh, why are you putting it off? Like, what's, why are you, dra- oh, that's why right. are you dragging your He was concerned about having her around Gabe at all. Yeah. But it's not even his baby. Mm. <sighs> mm, yeah. It's, they're so incestuous, aren't they? And he's so huge. Do you know how hard it would be to steal that baby? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we're pretty easy. You could put some glasses and a moustache on him and you walk down the street and people will think he's a businessman. Yeah, I think um, Dick Cop's unnecessarily hard on Steph, perhaps given their history. Does he still have feelings for her, though? Wasn't that what they were getting at? Oh, no, or... he made that very clear okay. in one episode. Nah, they're over it. They're they, all... they get over each other really quickly. <laughs> really quickly. Yeah, I still walk around sometimes going... Oh, I remember that guy I liked 15 years yeah. ago. He's still pretty cute. Like, yeah. And, and like, if I saw him, I'd be torn apart inside. <laughs> Let alone, like, that's what I remember being confused about last time we did this podcast is like, Toady and Steph were in a really, like, long-term relationship, mm. right? And then now they're kind of just best friends. They're pals. It's, yeah. Like, I don't know. That's confusing yeah. to me. And then we had Brockle Snitch back on a few, like, a few episodes ago and she was talking about how in the lesbian community you stay friends with your exes because there's not that many of you. Like, <laughs> you, you need friends. Yeah, you, the people in their community bond together because you can't just have enemies walking around everywhere. Well, it, it makes it awkward sometimes. So, when, so was that Erinsborough as well? Is well, that what we're saying? So what happened was Det Les, the lesbian detective, and her... Um, ast- <laughs> was her name Les? It was Ellen. <laughs> Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> a 
of course. And yeah, and her partner Victoria had this messy breakup, and it was just almost to the point where they couldn't even be in the same room as each other. And then Steph was caught in the middle, and and they had a kid. So like, why wouldn't they just coexist in a lot more? Mm. Well, yeah. everyone else does friendly manner. In Erinsborough, so okay. Steph tells Jack, "I stole a baby. I went to jail. I've had mental health problems." And he's like. Girl, I was a priest. Now I'm not. <laughs> We're all good. All good. I mean, it's funny with the priest that he is interested in, in a girl like Steph, I think, who is an ex-con, mm-hmm. bisexual, hallucinating woman. <laughs> um, doesn't Small business owner. Small business owner, <laughs> just to add to the list. It doesn't necessarily seem like the type of woman that a priest would go for. Doesn't really, but, you know, who knows what their type is. I mean, some people know what their type is, <laughs> but... All too well. But you can't pigeonhole people. No, you can't. Love is love, people. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Jack, we had an email from Katie who was too embarrassed to record a voice memo. She was embarrassed about her accent. But I welcome all voices. What's the accent? Oh, she told me. Icelandic or something. No, it's it's, she's English. (laughs) Bjork. (laughs) Hello, podcast. We love an English accent. (laughs) Wolverhampton. I don't, I don't even know what that sounds like. No, neither do I. So I'd love an, a voice memo from Katie. Please. Adrift. Wolverhampton. <laughs> She's Adrift Giraffe 55 on Twitter. And she sent a lengthy email on the character development of Jack. John Doe, Father Jack Callahan, Father Father, Former Father, Dark Jack, Jack the Lad. He's a different character every month. I could only assume he's written by a new person each month and each writer has given no information on him or his plots for the previous year. I get that the adjustment to being a priest again after having amnesia will have made him question things. Maybe a bit more laid back following his few months of being a normal bloke again with Paige, as we saw with his support of David coming out. But he was still a priest. He was still a Catholic. He still had beliefs. Beliefs that he felt strongly enough about that he didn't give them up for Paige, the woman he loved, literal role in the hay notwithstanding. He did, however, decide that his son deserved his full attention and he couldn't get it if he remained a priest. So he quit. Then he immediately sent his newborn son away despite Paige's protests about, don't you want to bond with him? Since baby Gaby came home, Jack has been quote unquote babysitting him maybe once a week. (laughs) This week, even handing him over to Steph to give a backpacker a lift to the airport. He gave up his job for this baby and has spent no time with him. He's instead spending his time drinking too much and hitting on Steph. The poor kid nearly got trampled by armed police and all it warranted from Jack was a text. Um, Which brings me to one of the most confusing coupling decisions I can think of in recent Neighbours history. Are the writers just pulling names out of hats to decide (laughs) who will be lusting after who this week? This week will be rummaging, rummaging, rummaging. Amy lusting after rummaging, rummaging, rummaging. (laughs) Toadie! The only previous interaction I can think of between Steph and Jack was when Jack knew Snake Man was trying to get her eaten by snakes and he started following her around to keep an eye on her, presumably to keep the snakes away. Then nothing until she fell asleep on his bed. We know that Jack has a thing for women who are drunk, incapacitated, injured, unconscious and true to form. He He went the pash when he and Steph were drunk and confirmed to Leo that Steph falling asleep on his bed stirred feelings in him. Snake Man is the least of Steph's long list of creeper problems now. Jack has been spending the last week practically begging her to let him jump aboard. She says no. She says it's not a good idea. She says it wouldn't work. He says that's what he wants, so she should just lie back and think of England. Or Australia, I guess. And she did. So, Jack gave up the priesthood. Did he give up being a Catholic? He was conflicted enough about his decision when he was also madly in love with Paige. And he said he would still go to church with Jimmy, so I assume no. He's still Catholic. 
He's just a Catholic who loves premarital sex and heavy drinking <laughs> and pressuring women into getting into his bed, which begs the question, is he a Catholic who now loves contraception? Or is he still anti-condom but pushing Steph for sex? Or was he pro-condom all along but made an exception for Paige? Or is it, as I suspect, that this month's writer for Jack has not been told he used to be a Catholic priest and assumed he was just a hot young odd job type from the backpackers? <laughs> Uh, suffice to say, if Steph now finds herself pregnant by Father Father so soon after Gabe and the surrogacy plot, you'll probably be hearing from me again. Probably just a voice memo of me banging my head on a desk. Thanks, neighbours. <laughs> that was incredible and so comprehensive and I loved every word, so thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Katie. Agree. It's a really hard to keep up of, of him. And I do actually, I'm quite happy with him as an odd job backpackers type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's heavily drinking. Is he just yeah. making up for not only being able to have the holy wine. He had he got into the Terps a little bit every now and then as as a priest because yep. they don't eliminate that from their lifestyle. Okay, sure. But as soon as he quit the priesthood, he was like, you Just know, getting wasted. I've got the next shout. Like, don't worry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the age gap between Priesty and Steph? <laughs> I didn't want to mention that, but yeah, there is something. I mean, I watch Real Housewives of New York, so no <laughs> age gap shocks me at yeah, all. It's a hefty one. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to say because they don't really say how old Jack is. But Steph's... No. He looks early 20s, though. Oh, do you reckon? Yeah. I would have said late. I was going to say 29 or 30. Yeah, okay. I just, I'm going to say 10 years. I don't want Steph to become pregnant. I oh, don't think she needs to be burdened with a child. That is the last thing I want. Also, she can't have kids. She's, I think she had, they had fertility issues with of course. Yeah, good. dick cops. So okay. it would just be stupid. Every good female character... They just impregnate yeah. on this show. Uh, yeah. Amber. Well, she wasn't good, but she became good. But anyway. <laughs> Olympia. Um, oh, my God. If Piper gets pregnant. Didge. Um, back in the young. day. Sure. Didge. Yeah. No, it's too much. Sky Mangle. I get that they need a plot device, but pregnancy. Can it's, we just it's make It's not that... even a fun plot, though. No. So not to me. To me, a fun pregnancy plot would be if they actually kept the realities of motherhood and parenting kept it going after the baby was here. Right. So if we saw Paige, like she's looking gorgeous. She's got perfectly curled hair, perfectly fitting bodycon dresses. Yes. And she's gone to the gym a couple of times and that's like, bang, <laughs> got, got my body back. Body like, back. Can I go to that gym, please? Yeah. Um, she's a Valance though, so she, she has like yeah. superhuman qualities. She should say that though, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Holly's my sister. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, you never see her in her trackies, not a scrap of makeup on, like she's struggling to get it together. She's just like, oh, I'm, I've got my part-time job now. I've got my baby in the pram. Like, I'm fine. And in contrast to Tarage, who mm. isn't wearing much makeup at the moment, which obviously means that she's terribly ill. <laughs> mm. Because you have to, you know, if you're not wearing a full face of drag makeup on <laughs> soaps, then, yeah, you're incredibly sick. You are under the weather. Yes. <laughs> so back on Tarage, Dick's out, Dr. Dick. He's out and everyone kind of collides with him in the street and he's got his stutter, his nervous stutter is back, which I love. And Paul just starts screaming at him in the street and then Therese just faints. In Was the there mid- an F word in that scene? You know what? It sounded... <laughs> I rewound like three times and I'm pretty sure it was. It oh. sounded like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to Paul, I, I think, but I think Gaz was saying, back off. Okay. <laughs> but... And Paul was also told to wake up and smell the coffee, which is yes. beautifully Australian. It was. Very Melbourne, actually. Yes. Um, but I was kind of hoping, in my head, I read it as fuck off. Because mm. in that moment, 
You would drop a fuck. You would. Oh, you would, of course. Also, can these blokes back the fuck off? Oh because Trage can make her own healthcare decisions Thank and you. everyone can chill and she doesn't need someone to look after her. Her daughter's there. Her daughter's doing a good job, but I think I do agree with is it David that's gonna overlook the process? Yeah. I do agree with that because Nick is dodgy. Yeah, I mean his eyes are very blue now. I'm <laughs> and I trust them a lot more than I used to. Did he get contacts in prison? I don't know. And he's also found the Lord, which yeah. I mean, if that isn't a red flag, I don't know what is. <laughs> Uh, I loved how um, sassy Piper was in that scene. Mm. And he's like, oh, what are you in year 11 now? And she's like, um, bitch, 12. <laughs> it's like, you're my uncle. You should know this yeah. stuff. I also wanted to know what flavor of religion he found in jail. Because he's brought up Greek. I assumed he was Greek Orthodox. That's my favorite flavor. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just, just God, just generic, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And he's very insistent that she doesn't have chemo. She should have Im- immunotherapy, which, as we heard from Sarah's voice memo, is actually quite common and not this miraculous new treatment. Okay, yeah, but just not so in Australia? or Well, yeah. no, it should be global. I think it's just a form of treatment. Right. I have no idea. No, I'm not up with <laughs> well, cancer let's, treatments. Well, okay, let's defer to someone who is. We have a listener who's going through it at the moment. Okay. okay. And she, we've been calling her Teresa instead of Therese, and she has been emailing me regularly and giving me updates mm. and we're just hoping that it's all going to keep going well for her. Yes. But she is like constantly saying, what do you want me to find out? What do you want? What do you, what do you want to know? <laughs> One of my questions was, do they encourage you to take time off or someone like Therese who wants to keep working, what do you say to them? And she says, usually they're like, yeah, fine, keep working. But if you're tired, go home or, you know, rest yes. or so be across that. So it doesn't makes sense that people are like, every time she tries to get up to go to the office, they're like, hey, I'm going to make you, going to kill yourself. Yes, yes. Also, Teresa, in her messages to us, was wondering why, like, is there no discrimination laws? Because Teresa's worried that if she tells Lassiter she's sick, that she'll lose her hotel manager job. And she absolutely would not. Like, you can't just dismiss someone because they're sick. So mm. they don't know. Uh I'm, I'm, I've lost track of who knows and who doesn't okay. know. But yeah. yeah, they didn't know for ages. She was worried that, yeah, they would see her as unfit to do her job. Wh- wow. Which firstly, like, you have sick leave. You yes. can take days off when you need it. Yes. And th- I think she- if you tell a workplace cancer, they're, they're going to probably make some, you know, concessions for yes, you. Yes. <laughs> either bring in someone to fill in or provide her with some support, like extra staff. Right. Everyone can calm the fuck down. So let's, okay, let's hear from Teresa now. She's going to talk me through where she stands on the recent Therese cancer developments. And she's actually disguised her voice like a criminal insider. Oh my God. Which is so fun. (laughs) So just pretend you're watching Crime Steppers or something. (laughs) Hi, neighbours. It is Teresa here with Therese raging about the cancer storyline using my special insider information. Therese is thinking that the chemo is not working, but if it isn't working, she could have different types of chemo. There's lots of different sorts that she could have. And the whole point of them saying, we can give you chemo and leave the tumor in there is so they can monitor the tumor Um, my tumour has a teeny tiny bit of titanium inside it so they can accurately measure precisely how much my tumour would be shrinking. 
and worked out which chemo, whether the chemo is working, what's the best thing to do. One of these tests took over two weeks because it was so detailed in the lab, but once it came back, they could say exactly that this will work, this won't work, and they could say for me, no, you don't need the chemo. One of the best things that's happened is they finally explained what type of cancer Therese has. Triple negative does mean that hormones don't work and these um, antibody protein treatment doesn't, doesn't work either. So the solutions are chemo surgery. But how does Therese know that the chemo isn't working? She's had one session. She's had one cycle. Typically you'd have maybe like six to eight cycles. Um, I was told as a younger person you might have four cycles of one and four cycles of another drug. And each cycle is you get your treatment, then you have three weeks in which your body gets really ill and then it gets a bit better and it gets strong enough to then have the next cycle. So when she saw her consultant, the consultant said it had only been one session so far and they didn't have any test results. She hadn't had any scans. So I'm just wondering, what is this based on? All she's saying is, I feel like it's not working. And this kind of storyline on TV really annoys me because I know these storylines have a dramatic effect, but I worry that it will give people a negative impression about what's going on because there are so many different types of chemo drugs. It's not just chemo, yes or no. And I really hope it doesn't affect other people's perspective of what kind of treatment. It just seems a bit irresponsible that they're showing it as chemo doesn't work. Okay, bye. So that whole point that, yeah, Therese just kind of has a vibe that her chemo is not working. Nothing has actually come back on paperwork saying her oncologist hasn't said, yeah, so this is going nowhere. She's just feeling it. Mm. How intuitive are you to your body, I wonder? <laughs> I mean, I don't... Yeah, I don't think it would be possible to, to know. Especially if you're freaking out. Like, I would... Right. Some, some people think the worst. Some people think the best. Yes. I mean, and, and why did she faint? I mean, to me, she fainted because everyone around her is being so Psycho. overbearing. Mm. <laughs> and making it worse for her. And she's got to wear those constrictive blazers and power suits. <laughs> I mean, thank God she doesn't have the burden of putting makeup on every morning. Yeah, she like she's not in a soft cardigan or yoga pant. No. <laughs> so there's a lot going on. The big bombshell is, of course, that she'd been confiding in Paul about the cancer. And actually, we've got another voice memo from Kenny Young, who does his version of Gazcan, which I'm delighted in. So this is my attempt at impersonating Gary Canning from Neighbours. <clears throat> so, uh, Therese, why'd you tell Paul about the cancer? <laughs> yeah, Gaz can, can fuck right off. Oh, completely. He's like, oh, what did you tell Paul for? Because she had cancer diagnosis. She freaked out. Yeah. Mm. And so what's their relationship, Therese and Paul? 
because Paul, it's come to pass, has a crush on him. So maybe Gaz has reason to be upset. Yes. They have unresolved sexual tension. Oh, yes. they've resolved it a couple of times <laughs> a while back, but it's still simmering. They, um, yeah, were hot for each other. And then she went, eh, I'll just get engaged to Gary. I think it's a match, though. I think it's Paul and Therese. They're meant to be. Gary's a bit too simple for Therese. And this is the Harry Potter analogy that Zancan fantastically just made this storyline so much more interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, Zancan was doing Gary's nails because (laughs) she has decided to become a beauty therapist. Which she's really bad at, apparently. Oh, really? Is that the go? We said she was like... Hurting him. Cutting into his cuticles. Well, yes. (laughs) Which is part of a manicure, so get over it, Gary, but whatever. (laughs) But the last time Zancan was trying, the we tuned in, she was trying really hard at school and like... I, I want more for her than massaging Paul for a living. Yeah, we, we all want that, but Millsy ruined it because he came in and it started an inappropriate relationship with Zancan. <gasps> like, is it not physical, but just emotional abuse? Oh. And because oh. he wanted to be the principal overlord, but he had a tumour that was making him crazy. Oh. So he <laughs> it got tumours. <laughs> it escalated to the point where she was about to board a plane to Hong Kong with Millsy. <gasps> until the police got involved. And now, so then she had this big, like, trauma and freaked out and felt like she was gullible for believing Millsy who had faith in her abilities and she's like, I'm just an idiot, I'm not going to be a nurse. Oh my god, that's awful. I'm actually depressed that we missed the whole Millsy um, scenario because was... I'm obsessed with him. He's oh. gorgeous. I follow he, him on Instagram religiously. He, he was a strange chapter of our lives, the Millsy section. Yes, yes. Uh, I'll show you some clips on YouTube after this. Oh, please. Okay, so... Oh, yeah, Ron and Hermione. Yes, so he uh, referred to the whole scenario. Well, she, rather, referred to her dad as... As Ron. As Ron, uh, given Therese is obviously Hermione, Paul is Harry. And he's a nuggety bloke like Ron, too, so that's... (laughs) He's such a Ron. Valid. My personal analogy would have been Dawson, Pacey and Joey. (gasps) Ah. Yes! Gaz is totally the Dawson. Totally the Dawson. Paul is Pacey in every scenario. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that was cute. I, I I don't know. I was getting a little bit tired of this storyline. So yeah. Zancan's perspective on the mm. whole thing really just made it yeah. really fun. And then the conclusion is that Tarage wants some distance between her and Paul. She's like, my brother's going to treat me. You're going to leave me alone. I'm going to be with my fiance and we're going to move on. And yes. that's how it is now. So here's where we move into the middle of the week and the ceramic pig storyline. Is it Carl and Susan? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes. They are just Carl and Susan. I have to say, they are magic on screen. <laughs> I love them. They are. You're right. It's absolutely the perfect description. And Ben referring to them as the government. <laughs> oh, I thought it was the governor, like like oh. like the chief prison warden. Okay, because he was wearing Carl's like boots, and he's like, oh, oh they, they were going to eat on the couch. Yeah, he said we better have enjoy our freedom before the governor makes yeah. us eat at the table, <laughs> which I thought was lovely. I, I didn't even really understand detail. the the UGG boot. Line though, I was like, if this Ugg boot thing turns into a storyline where Ben's wearing Carl's Ugg boots, but thank God they trail off from that. <laughs> and because Carl's known as a cheapskate, so he, if he was buying on brand Ugg boots, the, sh- the sheepskin wouldn't be inferior. Like, he, he was worried about the integrity of the sheepskin. Okay. <laughs> sounds like Carl's buying knockoff Ugg boots. It sounds like it in Thailand. Well, yeah, actually, Andy. I'm wearing Ugg boots at the moment. <laughs> and these are knockoffs, and the integrity has been compromised by my fate. <laughs> So that makes sense. Well, Andy, can you tell me about what you thought of Thailand? Carl and Susan are back from Thailand (laughs) with some awkwardness. 
Well, I jumped to the logical conclusion, obviously, that he had had sex with a sex worker in Thailand. (laughs) Which they were all making rather light of. Exactly. Yeah, I was kind of annoyed at the time because I was like, you know, it's not some goofy like, oops, boys will be boys type storyline. But it did turn out that it wasn't the case. He had smuggled in uh, marijuana seeds instead. Oh, were they marijuana seeds? It wasn't marijuana. It was fruit Oh. It was just straight up fruit. It was just durian seeds. Yeah, was because that- he has oh, a he, right. he has a new th- he has the organic farming passion, which and- apparently he's had all along. But that that was just one line there that referred to it. Oh, oh, so that wasn't a backstory. Okay, I mean they've had a sheep and stuff in the past in the backyard. It got pretty organic out the back of the Kennedy place. <laughs> okay. But see, I misunderstood. I missed the point of that whole storyline. And I really enjoy how succinctly you summed it up, Andy, because we had to wait three days for that <laughs> conclusion. Oh my god! Yeah, I was going to say you like spoiling. <laughs> This or? No, we had three days of like ladyboy innuendo. Yeah, and the, even the, when Carl brought in the melons and so going, you brought me melons. It's like that you actually fucked a big titty woman. Yeah, Sorry, I'm sure you're going to cut that. Is this supposed to be funny? I understand. Melons, Carl, you're giving me oh, melons. No, 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 no. I didn't Did mean like that. Did you really think that I would appreciate this this sick reminder of your appalling behaviour? Sorry. What kind of an idiot thinks, oh, I know what Susan wants. What she really needs right now after what I did to her is, is a nice bear. But I love that the melons did tie into the durians that he tried to smuggle in, so it all makes sense. And the, the, the straw that broke that camel's back is that apparently when he got through customs and they were searching him and they could smell the bad-smelling durian fruit, he blamed oh. it on Susan oh, having, having, an accident, having soiled herself. That's where that storyline jumped the shark for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my wife. Which is in poor taste. <laughs> yeah, and so she was giving him the cold shoulder for the rest of the week because fair enough, but maybe for a day. But, but hasn't he cheated on her before? Oh, yeah, yeah, a thousand years ago. Oh, okay, right. I don't see them as as a good couple, honestly. <gasps> oh, really, Carlin? No, 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 no. Blasphemed. <laughs> Sorry. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, com- actually, she is too good for him. Yeah. Well, yes. Angry Susan is epic, though, isn't she? It's. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just wackadoodle. And because Lou's over there, right, too. Did they hang out? Because I thought, is Lou leading Carl up this exotic fruit uh, garden path? Lou's um, third world nation of choice is Cambodia. Oh, Cambodia. Also, i got to say, I did not miss the reference that Dippy dropped about her and Pufferfish's escapades in Bali, where she said, you know, these things happen. We booked in a special That's massage. Right. <laughs> We didn't know. (laughs) That was great. Amazing. So, okay, we'll pick up the culmination of that towards the end of the week. Let's have a little sidestep here. Ellie's nude... Oh, my God, this. Adventures. Mm. See, I felt like the first half of the week was so intense, so intriguing. Second half was just comic relief. It's like you've had enough drama for the week. It's like some executive was in the room going... Cancer, cancer. What are we going to do? People are going to be sad and scared (laughs) about the cancer. And they're like, we got it, guys. Naked teacher. Yeah, naked (laughs) Jody. So, okay, what are your thoughts on Ellie, Dan? Um, I am glued to her whenever she's on the screen. She's gorgeous. Mm. I think her character is just such a waif. Why Susan put her in charge of running a goddamn school? (laughs) It's like she's the most irresponsible person on the show. I think she's meant to be really smart, though. Because they were talking about avant-garde films and... They were like, I wouldn't know what they were, but you would know. And she was like... I got the sense that, like, if someone talks to me about the film festival, which is on at the moment, so mm-hmm. props... Yeah, that, w- that was great little promo yep. for Miff. 
myths on at the moment. And I that's how I talk about it when someone like I don't want to sound like I don't know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but I sure I don't enjoy the film festival. No, I'm no. just I want to see Wonder Woman again. Like, yeah. yeah, that's where I'm at. Yes. So if I've got a yeah, friend saying, "Oh, do you want to come?" I'm like, "Oh, yeah, sure. Send me a list, a short list, and I'll uh, <laughs> I'll have I'll take a look." Yeah. And, um, yeah, we'll meet up. Don't worry. So I feel like she was just kind of playing it up, like, "Oh yeah, I've heard of the film festival." Yes, <laughs> yes. But whereas Dalcop was just like, "No, it's all far too highbrow for me." <laughs> yeah, and he he has a bit of a nerd tendency because he's into your Doctor Who. So I do believe ah. that maybe maybe like David Tennant was in an art house film, and sure. he thought, "I'll go check it out at Cinema Nova." Yes. So. Ellie has confessed that she only got into the teaching profession for the good holidays. (laughs) And I think I actually buy her as assistant principal purely for the fact that I think she needs to be away from the classroom and I think she needs to be in an administrative role. Okay. Mm. And she really shone last week. You guys didn't see, but she really was doing a lot of house calls at a lot of students' homes, (laughs) keeping them up to speed on various procedures. Okay. Oh, what? of procedures are we referring? Well, because Piper was getting trolled and so she was trying to steal another teacher's laptop okay. to kind of prove it was him, but it wasn't. So anyway, it was that was uh, kind of a hot mess. And in yeah. fact, Ellie this whole week is a hot mess. Hot, 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 hot mess. Hot, hot, hot. This is just to signify whenever someone's a hot mess. And I think Ellie was this week, firstly because she went to school in a leather skirt. <laughs> and I'm friends with teachers, and they're not allowed to wear that. They've got a dress code. Really? So leather's out? Yeah, because I was shopping with my friend, and we were looking at like our one shoulder top. And I'm like, oh, could you wear this at school? She goes, no. And I put, she, my friend pushes the dress code. She's like, I'm the mm. one that they send letters about to the other teachers going, mm. okay, no more knee high boots or whatever. Wow. <laughs> so she, she can't be wearing a sheer white shirt and a leather skirt. That top was nearly see-through as well, that white shirt. Yeah. I don't see Ellie as a very good disciplinarian, honestly. She's too soft on those kids. Yeah. And she's, she wants to be their friend. Yeah. yeah. And she yeah. pretty much is as well. Is she related to Ben in some way? She's Ben's cousin. Okay. Ben uh. cousins. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy, can you talk us through the, the squirting? The squirting situation. (laughs) So Ellie goes to work in this sheer white shirt. Long story short, gets squirted across her chest with a brown (laughs) face mask. Substance. (laughs) And then resolves to have a shower. I didn't really understand that. She could have gotten changed. Let's take a moment for this shower. Okay. (laughs) So it really literally just got on her shirt. (laughs) Nothing got on her skin. Later in the episode, the lost property box gets mentioned. Wouldn't you think, better pop over to the lost property box, find a new shirt. What was she going to get changed back into? It looked like a PE uniform. Oh, okay. But yeah, actually, good point. She was going to have a shower and put the dirty shirt back on. <laughs> well, no, because she had she brought the backup shirt. Oh, oh right. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Dan. So I was like, this could have very easily been resolved. I'll just go and put my backup shirt on. Why have a shower? Why decide to wash your hair? <laughs> We need a moment for hair washing because I was I was late this morning and I cited grooming delays and that's because I remembered I needed to wash my hair and that was going to take longer to dry and she her she's got very well coiffed hair typically so she would have it was lovely she could have just chucked it up just just don't get your head wet even if it wasn't even if she desperately needed a a, a hair wash. Not now. Yeah. You, you, not to mention there was no face mask on her body no, whatsoever. No. Not at all. <laughs> and then or, she put a full face of heavy drag makeup on after she got out of the shower. Or just also get a jumper. Right. Put it over the top of your shirt. It's mm-hmm. Melbourne in August. Everyone's got jumpers and jackets. Yes, exactly. Go to, go to the textiles teacher's office. 
and whip yourself up a cardi or something. <laughs> Although I did enjoy just the goofy, that sort of bluesy music they played while she was looking for her. <laughs> I, I enjoyed <laughs> that too. And Bow chicka wow. So the amaz- I loved also, she was almost like, it was almost like they had gremlins in the school vents because she was, so she, she comes out, her clothes are gone, which we'll get to, but also she doesn't notice they're gone until she blindly reaches for the hook. But her towel's not even there. So was she going to put her clothes on before she toweled herself dry? And then she's scampering around the school trying to get her her cousin's attention so he could go and clothe her. But she keeps appearing in all these like doors and windows, and it's it's like I think it's in Futurama where there's the people that live in the sewers. Yes, <laughs> the mutants. With one eye. Yeah. yeah, and Ben couldn't hear her even though she was quite loudly yelling his name, but he right, still couldn't like hear her. One meter away. Yeah. <laughs> That's a strange sound. <laughs> yeah. She could have, when I forget my towel, I go to the bathroom drawer and just like stick my head out and say, and <laughs> get me a towel. That's my housemate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> didn't think to do that. <laughs> well, this she was trying to do, but she was almost standing full frontal at the door. <laughs> yes. She wasn't peering out. No. I did. I've got to say, out of all of the comic relief storylines, I actually lolled at this one when she ducked into the office and there was just two people staring at oh, her. Oh, Susan and the lady moment. from... Beautiful reveal. I wrote down her name, Lana Klein from the department. Oh, Lana Klein. <laughs> I loved the name Lana Klein. <laughs> from and the department, though. Let, let's yeah. just say that also we don't want to miss the detail of Ellie wrapping herself in the school banner, the sports ball banner. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that was the great. The go team, Erinsborough High. Um, I think Lana, Lana Klein from the department would make a <laughs> great drag name. <laughs> Uh, So also I think There must have been A bit of an art department Miscommunication So someone must have Written in the script Ellie wraps herself In the In the The banner On the wall And art department's like Well this banner's gonna be Front and centre We need a big prominent banner And they've ordered this big Heavy vinyl thing Mm. Whereas I think in the script The writer must have imagined Like a sheer Kind of cotton Maybe maybe like Yes cotton fabric that right. she could drape herself in. So she was kind of like folded into this <laughs> vinyl thing. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it looked logistically difficult. And yeah, it would have so, been. So we have this reveal of Susan and Lana Klein from the department <laughs> with their glasses. God, it was cute. And then, On the glasses, yes. Yeah, so she, so she blew this meeting with where she was going to ask for more integration aids. Which is probably what would have helped Xanthi keep her marks up a lot sooner if they had some of them. Um, and then Susan is also on her back about not doing a good enough job last week. Unfairly. Yeah. Which she backflipped in about 30 seconds. Yeah. Right. Mm. So, oh, okay. I read to the end of the email and then I realised <laughs> yeah. you did a good job. I did start to feel a bit sorry for Jody because I did think... Ellie. She- Ellie? Oh, sorry. Well, but her, the actor's name is Jody. Oh, That's sorry. Jody and Asta. Yes. <laughs> Nay Gordon. Jodie Gordon. Yes, that's right. I knew her as Jodie Gordon, actually. Yeah. But yes, no, I thought she had done... Uh, yeah, the, the whole storyline felt sorry for her. Give this poor girl a break. And then Lana was so... Lana Klein from the department was so impressed by Ellie's like statistics that she'd emailed through that she right. approved the aides for her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, little shout out to... What the hell was that pinafore that Piper was wearing? Oh, I didn't notice. She was, they vary this uniform up a lot. And Piper was just suddenly wearing this pinafore. Anyway. <laughs> I don't even know that I know what a pinafore is. Bad guy. <laughs> and also, so what had happened was bitch Tia from Year 7, who yes. didn't want to do her maths homework. So bitch Tia with the fabulous eyebrows. She was gorgeous, that girl. Yes. She bullied Kersha into helping steal the clothes so that Ellie would miss maths and not 
ask for the homework. Yes. Um, also, it's it's year seven maths homework. Just don't do it one day, mm. <laughs> and you'll be fine. Right. Like, um, yeah, that was unfortunate. And then obviously her sister jumped in to save the day. Is that because? Because of the younger one's anxiety, and she doesn't want that to flare up again and yeah, run away. Yeah, that was yeah. really, really sweet. Cute. Yeah. It was yeah. cute. And Yashvi's like, eh, they think I'm a delinquent, whatever. Just <laughs> one more notch on the belt. Like, let's just. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. She just... was even called a delinquent by that younger sister. <laughs> I don't think I knew what the word delinquent was in year seven. <laughs> so, okay, moving to the back end of the week, the naked Ellie fallout. One thing I did adore is seeing Ellie in that terrible tracksuit for the rest of the week. I thought she looked so cute. <laughs> she had yeah, minimal makeup, hair down. Hair looked like it was tied up with a piece of string. Yes. <laughs> like borrow a hair tie from someone <laughs> and then somehow turns this day around by meeting up with Dick Cop and getting a date to the film festival. Amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, silver lining. She came full circle. She did, and her confrontation of Sonia in the final episode of the week as well was great. She just laid it out on the line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was like, figure out what you want. Okay, let's jump to that let's then. Let's jump, yeah. Amy and Sonia. Now, Kate from this podcast has referred to Amy as the saddest bitch in her life. <laughs> wow. Ouch. Since she hit on her brother, and not just hit on her brother, she didn't know that Leo was Paul's son and she was hot for him. So that's an age gap too. I think Leo's 30 and Amy's in her 30s. Oh, okay. Is Leo 30? So, um, okay. So, the Tanakas are Paul's sons. So, it would seem. And and so, he obviously was with the Japanese woman. Yeah. Got it. Ah, okay. Um, which was, she was in the show like a million, 30 years ago. She oh, was, she was. Yeah. Okay, got it. And they brought her back. She's not even an actor now. She's like a principal. They're like, can you come and do a couple of scenes? She's like, I don't really act anymore. They're like, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do any of these other people. Um, so, can we just actually go back to the fact that David and Aaron are together? Yes, 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 yes. yes which yes. is wonderful. Yes. Okay. We should. Yes. Let's have a moment for them. David recently came out. Yes. And loved Aaron, but Aaron's like, no, you need to sow your wild oats. Like, you don't want to settle down straight away. Okay, go be a slut yeah. for a couple of years, like we all do. <laughs> David's like, okay. And then as soon as he does that, Aaron's like, wait, no. I don't like him seeing other guys. No. So uh, who, who else was he seeing in Aaron's bro? Oh, well, he had a, <laughs> he had a date with a hot nurse from the hospital, mm. but he was dodgy. We didn't like him. But then he got together with Tom Quill, T Quizzle, who is part of the group that owns Lassiter's or used to own Lassiter's, the hospital. He used to be involved with Aaron and bought him shoes all the time. Oh, okay. okay. Um, is he hot? Yes. Very attractive. And T Quizzle bounced from Aaron to... David. Right. Not uncommon. But then got way into T Quizzle and was like, let's book a holiday to New Zealand. And Tom was like, nah, <laughs> let's slow this right down. In fact, I'm done here. I, okay. I still like Aaron. So last week there was a karaoke night at the waterhole and Aaron used it to serenade David. And then David <gasps> went David went the pash. What did he sing? Um, Unlicensed production music. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big moment, neighbours. Pay for something. Pay for some taxi ride or something. Yeah, pay for Whitney's I Will Always Love You. Oh, okay. they can't afford it. No, so, okay, no, seriously, okay, realistically, Australian, let's go Australian pop accessible to get the rights cleared. Okay. What would Aaron, should Aaron have sung to David? What about um, Guy Sebastian, Angels Brought Me Here? <laughs> 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 it's not a really a love song, is it? <laughs> no I idea. I don't think so. That, Guy Sebastian, that single was to represent his success at Australian Idol. <laughs> what about Kate DeRouge, Faded? 
<laughs> a bit of pop rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, no, I want to suggest one. I want... <gasps> no, I was going to say Lisa Mitchell's coin laundry. But that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. But that's cute. What about Casey Chambers' Am I Not Pretty Enough? <gasps> Perfect. <laughs> but they're both so pretty. Yeah, I mean. They're beautiful. <laughs> it would make no sense. But, ne- but neither did the song he chose. So <laughs> David is just lovely, I have to say. He's Beautiful. I prefer him to Aaron Down the Mines. He's a bit too chiselled for me. And even David's voice is so soothing. Yeah, I would I would be happy with him as my doctor. Oh, yeah. So when we f- when we watched it last time, they were sowing the seeds for that relationship, they weren't were. they? they? Okay, were. right. I was a little bit sad that they rushed it so quickly last week because I was happy to have that sexual tension drawn out a bit longer. Wow, so it was only last week they got together? Yeah. Okay. And now they're shacked up. They're like in their love bubble. Yeah, mm. right. And now Aaron's all loved up and giving love advice to everyone else. So he was so wise. He the the gem that he imparted to Sonia, love isn't about perfection. Oh. Cuz Sonia was worried that Toadie only ever loved her as a fixer-upper. As so why is Sonia such a mess though? She seems normal to me. She's had some demons. Okay. Uh, after the whole surrogacy where she lost Dick Cop's baby that she was carrying. And fake D had seduced Toadie yes. and um, to run away with $100,000, which is the real tragedy, losing $100,000. Right. And then she she relapsed and messed with the drugs and alcohol again and wound up in a remote caravan with a druggie and then oh. lost the mayor job and had to do some community service and plant some trees. So she's had to sort all that out and in the meantime ended her marriage with Toadie and I don't mind them having a break. Mm. And I'm a little sad that Toadie isn't using this chance to hop onto Tinder, see what's out there. Really? He's just holding fast to Sonia. Do we need to see Toadie on Tinder? I do. You reckon? (laughs) Well, I'm a little sad. So so Amy has started to worry that she's developed a little, some feelings Mm. for Toadfish Rebecca. And I mean, as we said, the last guy Amy was into turned out to be her brother. So, you know. Wait, okay. So, Amy is related to the Tanakas. Yeah, because she's Paul's daughter. She's Paul's daughter. And so, she's half-sister. So, how many um, kids does he have? 27. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, she's casting her eyes around and she lands on Toad. And Sonia's like, well, you know, if if she likes Toadie, I'm going to have to be okay with it. And yes. if they, mm. if he deserves happiness. And then there's this montage of Amy and Toadie and Nell playing in the field. With the slow-mo. Mm. Yeah, that was a bit much. Which, was she just walking past? She just happened yeah. to be there? Yeah. Okay. She happened were, upon them. <laughs> and they were kicking a soccer ball, whatever. So Amy's confiding in Ellie. Misery loves company, so why not? <laughs> and Ellie's like, well, you know, you read the signs. If he's sending you messages. Oh, the big oyster. He's sending her texts about the big oyster. See, I didn't think there was any problem with that. I mean, if my friend sent me a photo of them at the Big Oyster, I wouldn't think they were trying to hit on me, to be honest. Unless it, to me, it sounded a little bit sexual. The Oyster. If he was sending innuendo about the Oyster. Well, an Oyster's an aphrodisiac. Mm. Yes. And it looks, I Googled image the Big Oyster and it can look a (laughs) a little bit like a... Vagina. vagina. Yeah. (laughs) Part of the anatomy. So... That is suggestive. Amy is right to think that if he's not sending a group text. Right. And and was it was it Dalcop that he, she was talking to? No, who was she talking to in that moment? Aaron. Aaron. Oh, it was Aaron. And and Aaron thought that she'd been sent a throbbing dick pic? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Oh, wow. Where is that? It looks like it's above a car yard. It does. 
Um, so you can like go inside the oyster. That's cool. Tari. It's got a viewing deck. So these lonely bishes are like trying to hash out what to do. And my favorite bit is when Amy goes around to see Toadie and he's like, Oh, that was devastating. But at the same time, I don't think she really even likes him because she mentioned to Ellie, she said, maybe I only just want somebody to like me. And that's telltale to me. Like that is, if she's second guessing it before they're even together. Mm. I had a lot of time for that moment where she says, so Sonia thinks you and I are together. And Tony was like, that That would never happen. (laughs) That is the craziest thing I have ever heard. How insulting. It's like she said, so Sonia thinks I'm a zombie. (laughs) (laughs) I would never touch you with a 10 inch pole. (laughs) Uh, It was... it was almost like Amy was like, can you throw me a bone, mate? Like, <laughs> pretty single. Yeah. I'm pretty decent. He was so, I don't know, Tony's acting annoyed me in that moment. Like he had his hand on his hip and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I'm yeah. sorry you got the wrong end of the stick. I agree, actually. He overshot those yeah. lines. Yeah, it was overshot. And he, like, he does good work, but he, they can't all be winners. So that was incredible. And that's when Ellie said to Sonia, get yourself together, which is when Ellie's telling you some home truths about yourself. Right. Which I love. You got to listen. I've got to listen. Yeah. She just laid that out there. Well, uh, Sonia's just, just so obsessed with um, Amy being this perfect person for, for Toby. Well, I mean, is Sonia, if Sonia's that much of a big mess, maybe she is. I mean. And she, she's a handy woman. She'll get a lot of maintenance done around the place. She's. <laughs> well, um. She's a bit masculine, isn't she? <laughs> it's just, Amy. It's the, yeah. it's the lumberjack jacket. Yeah, yeah. Doing it. And she's she's quite ocker. And we've been shipping Amy with father, former father because she joined the Catholic Church for him. Oh. She was like, we've got Sundays free. Well, come on over to watch your sermons. And see, see, Amy I just met this week because she wasn't around when oh. we did it last time. So I wasn't really sure her backstory. She's got a 12-year-old kid who's in the same class as Kershaw. He's okay. his little nerd burger. He was the one that was walking around going, oh. it makes sense for the assistant principal to correct our uniforms. <laughs> I was wondering up, who that little upstart was. <laughs> Shut up. So, Sonia and Trudy decide to keep seeing their counsellor and maybe there's a bit of hope for them. The week ends with, we're back into the baby stealing for a minute and Paige finally realises that Steph's a bit unstable and doesn't want her anywhere near her gigantor child. And I think... Okay, I don't care. Make any decision you want. Like, <laughs> and I think Steph was the same. Yeah. She was yeah. just like, "Yep, cool, fair well, enough, bye, sure. bye." <laughs> I think it was. I, I didn't even was, want to be here. I thought it was fair though. Like, honestly, if she's worried and going to be stressed yeah. out, yeah, like you can, you can choose who looks after your kids. Yeah. Particularly when your child's father leaves the sh- child hanging out at a backpackers with whoever wants to keep an eye on him. Like, <laughs> right, Jack's not too fussed about the kids. Well-being. But no. no wonder she's looking so gorgeous. She doesn't even have to look after the kid. No. He's just anyone's. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, we need to get to this committee. <laughs> yes. The Sheila committee. What's going on with this committee meeting? So this was dirty. I mean, Sheila really threw Carl under the bus. She blackmailed him. And I love that how he was like... So you're blackmailing me. She's like, whatever you want to call it, that's fine. <laughs> that <laughs> was some Gossip Girl level <laughs> manipulation. Yeah. I this thought. is a committee to to spearhead the campaign of Aaron's Bresbid for most livable suburb, which is a joke because it isn't. Well, they'll (laughs) most definitely lose. If anything, Eden Hills sounds a little more livable. (laughs) And Anson's Corner's got that great cafe. So, like, (laughs) I don't know. I think Aaron's Bresbid's dreaming. But 
Sheila wants to run it. And I would I'd put Sheila in charge of anything. I'm like, we don't even need to hold a meeting. <laughs> she had the best line this week. What did she say? Oh, I can't I, even I remember. I wrote it down too. But boy, she comes out with some corkers. Was, she was quoting Dr. Phil. Oh, yes. She what? said, well, Dr. Phil says a dog's going to wee on a moving car. <laughs> <laughs> I actually rewound that a few times and I still couldn't understand what it actually was that she was saying. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, but I felt it. Yeah. <laughs> even the way she said... To Carl, heard you're in the doghouse. Yeah. <laughs> Just so sass. Heard you're in the doghouse. Big yours? Dippy told me that Susan told her that you're not in the good books. Did you do something naughty in Thailand? Oh. Since when did rudeness become a substitute for service? Yeah, we should make a note of this. Staff at the Waterhole need re-education in manners. In fact, it's the first thing I can do when I'm head of your committee. You? Have you appointed Bugalugs as head of the committee? That's right. Amazing. But she, I mean, I feel like she deserved to win that. You know, the smarter woman won. She manipulated her way to the top. True. And good for her. And she's got the cafe owner and um, the youth representation on her side, whereas Carl has his patience, which seems a little morally confused. You're right. Mm-hmm. And is he even a doctor? Do we even see him doctoring anymore? Well, he's he's always on site when there's an emergency. Okay. I think David's you kind of go to run-of-the-mill bread and butter yes. cancer stuff. Mm. And Carl will be around if, like, you know, a brick hurls through the window and hits you in the face. Carl will be there. Sure. So, Sheila wins this bid because Carl is disgraced because of the durian fruit smuggling. That's all revealed. And he withdraws his nomination. And so, we end with Sheila heading the committee. But what really thrilled me was the promo into next week. Did you guys see it? No. I can't remember now. <laughs> guys, Amy is going to get flirted with by Dr. Dick. <gasps> what? So, so, Amy's Paul's son. Paul has <gasps> this vendetta against Dr. Oh, Dick. That's good. And Dr. Dick's going to try and pursue Amy. That is. And she is lovelorn. This is that hat. This is just pulling the names out of that yeah. hat. What's going to happen this week? <laughs> well, no, this is a little bit more... <laughs> Sinister because mm. of the poll. Paul, yeah. Paul, yeah. True, he's, true. He's going to go off chop. And he's already started off chop. He's got nowhere to go. No. Now, what we tend to do at this point, I don't know if we did this last time, but we not like to name Citizen of the Week or Citizen of the Week. We did do that, yes. Who, do you remember who you guys named last time? No. No. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, just have a little think about the week that was. Mm-hmm. And who either someone who shone or someone who let us down. Actually, quick moment before we move on. I just remembered that it was Tyler that Amy was sussing out the big oyster with, and that's when he talked about breadcrumbing. Yes, that's right. But um, it wasn't even in the right context, I don't think. From what they from what they described, it is text messages or social media messages that make someone to follow you, but you don't actually have any interest in so them. It's a technique to get more followers. Get I think it's a social media technique, yeah. maybe. But it's, I've never heard it of it. It sounded mm. like it, breadcrumbing was trying to keep all your irons in the fire. So going, I better keep this girl on side in case right, I'm, okay. I'm lonely on a Saturday night. Sure. And then I can throw her a bone. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. All right. Andy, do you have anyone? Citizen, citizen of the week? Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to go with citizen of the week being Ellie, just because I really enjoyed her just smackdown of Sonia. I love that. Well, even if she, even though she was a hot mess for most of the week. But I enjoyed her being a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the, the um, Lana Klein and Susan staring at her in the staff room was my favourite moment of the entire <laughs> week. So I'm going to go with her. Oh, I love Lana Klein. I hope she comes back. Because <laughs> I think Erin's behind needs her. <laughs> Me too. Dan? So my citizen 
I mean, Ellie is a really fine choice, and I loved her work this week. Um, I really loved Ben as well. I think mm-hmm. he did some outstanding work. Yeah, and he doesn't get much to do. No, but he, he really does doesn't. it well. Yeah. I have really one well. note about him which says Ben dash Dr. Carl's hot son dash and that's it. Grandson. <laughs> Grandson, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's it has to go to step and it always will because I think she is the most outstanding actress on this show. She is a very complex character. I stole a baby. She plays it so goddamn well. She's and so great. The, the, just the mental health storyline, the way she approached it, the way she was talking about it, the way she just accepted that, no, I don't need to be around this baby. She was being forced to by the priest. And she's very well hydrated. She's carrying around that kind of ergonomic <laughs> water bottle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you, our, Dan, we worked together for a little while mm. and our workmates were obsessed with that water bottle. Nat and Miranda used to carry around that. It's, it's that bottle that you don't have to unscrew the lid. You just kind of twist it and it... Oh, you yes. can drink from it and it's glass, so it's environmentally friendly. Sure. I think they've got a deal. Neighbours must have a product placement. Maybe, too. yes. And and she she was always rocking the leather jacket, mm, which yeah. for me is just perfect. Does and she she's actually, got a cute new haircut. Yeah. Does she um, drive a motorcycle? Yeah. yeah. Oh, she does. I don't okay. think you call it drive. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, David also has a cute new haircut. Well, I'm going to give Shitizen of the Week. I'm done with him. Gaz can. Oh my god! Yes, I agree. Let your missus empower herself by managing her own healthcare. Mm -hmm. If she wants to confide in some whoever the hell she wants, she can back off, listen to her needs and what she wants, and get out of her grill. Mm. I'm done. He annoyed me more than Paul's outburst. Same. Yeah, I'm done as well. And he's so goddamn unattractive. (laughs) Someone has thrown a brick at his face. (laughs) Apparently, he's quite. Apparently, he's quite alluring in real life. I think he's he is really Ron Weasley. I think he gets. I think he does quite well. What like charming romantically? Yeah. Gosh. So where do you hear that? (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. I don't know. I'm shipping um, Therese and Paul. It's it's going to happen. But I don't want it to happen like Aaron and David style. I don't want them to like serenade each other and then shack up. I want some hot, like, re- <laughs> recurring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> draw it out a bit. Rendezvous in the penthouse. <laughs> yes. That's what I want. Well, Dan and Andy, tell us where to find Pop Chops. Well, look, it's a long story at this point. Uh, we've uh, we've just had a break. We've had about two months off, which has been nice. But our plan uh, was to, and is to, record uh, some new episodes. And because we've left Joy, which was our home for uh, over a year. Um, so we're starting on our new stream. Uh, we're recording some new episodes for that today, as a matter of fact. Yes. But if people, you've got very good search engine optimization. So if people Google Pop Chops. Pop Chops Google Podcast. Pop Chops. Um, check out the website as well, which is popchopspodcast.com. It is. And that'll have links to all the new streams, all the episodes, and yeah. you can check it out like that. And Dan and Andy are very prolific on socials. So Pop Chops Podcast. On yeah, everything. Pretty much everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Facebook, yes. Twitter, Insta. And look, when we launch, look, I know there are some Pop Chops listeners that listen to this. We're going to need your ratings and your reviews. Yes. Also to neighbours, obviously. Yeah, I never ask for reviews. I'm terrible. Oh, really? Rating. You should. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's good for optimization. on yeah. my But guys... she's already award-winning, so she doesn't need well, the reviews. Well, that's it. Which is still, though, I need it. Yeah, do it, please. <laughs> Google go, ability. Go to neighbours and then don't do it now on our stream now. We will have a new stream yeah. that we're going to need you to flood. You can, in the meantime, rate our stream. Like, rate us on iTunes. Rate Neighbours. And then we'll do a blast when Pop Chops, Pop Chops is relaunched. Thank which you. is the 1st of September, if you're listening Ish. right up today. In 2017-ish, yes. yes. <laughs> if you're, I, I accidentally had to move to Sydney, so it's put a little bit of spanner in the works, but uh, we'll get there. Can you say what you're working on in Sydney? I'm working on The Voice. How fun is that? 
This is the boy. Is Delts back? Delta sits right next to me. No, I'm kidding. No, we're not sure. They don't because it doesn't start filming till next year. Okay, okay. So I'm just doing the very, very pre-casting for it. Yep. So it's released in December, I think. Well, hopefully it'll birth a new talent that can that people can cover on Neighbours Karaoke Nights. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm Vaya Pashas on Twitter or Neighbours Pod and NeighboursPod.com and we'll catch you guys soon. Bye. 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 You try to fit, fit me in a perfect box. You let me slip between the cracks. Now I